When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at K.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's about to go. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast Where we talk history of the game numbers and stats And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should Because I'm sick to this, this the, the real deal And you know I gotta shout out the Buffalo Bills Turn it up to the max, sit back and relax This the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast Let go! Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Nerd. This is your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. If this is your first time here, thanks for finding me. I'm glad you found me. If you're already part of the Nerd Mafia, thanks for coming back. Welcome home. This week, you're going to love it. We're heading into week four. I got a brilliant lady on the other side of the screen for those of you watching. Um, she's probably way too smart to sit down and chat with me, but somehow I convinced her to do it. So she covers the uh, Houston Texans. That's obviously who we're coming up against this week. So I wanted to sit down and get a little insight because I went back and looked at some stats and I don't think the stats are telling the whole story of what's taking place in the, for the Texans right now. But before we dig into all that, um, I got Stephanie Stradley with me today. She writes for the Houston Chronicle. And if you don't like what she writes, she may just sue you um, because she is actually a lawyer too. So Stephanie, uh, welcome in. Why don't you go ahead and tell uh, my audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, I've been writing about the Houston Texans since 2006. Um, Not really a beat writer. I'm more of an analyst slash um, fan writer. Um, and basically my view on things is the, the best information that fans can get is just trying to find what the truth is. Um, and so that's always been my goal with a lot of different things. And, and now, you know, I've been writing about the Texans long enough. I I feel almost like a historian of the team. (laughs) Um, so that's kind of basically my background. I just try to find niches that aren't being served for the fan base and just talk through those things and be real open and honest about what's going on. Yeah. I think it's a hard thing for people to do sometimes is when it's your home team is to say bad things about them. I mean, it, but it, it, sometimes some things need to be said that aren't exactly the greatest. So I went back and read some of your stuff. You definitely have a, a unique spin on some things. You talk about different things and you write at different places too. So not football is not your only thing that you're jamming on. You're like I mentioned at the top, you're an incredibly smart lady, you're a lawyer and 
you're really good at writing. So I'm super stoked to chat with you a little bit today about this team, because like I mentioned at the top, I think they're a lot better than what the paper is telling us, but we'll see. Uh, Before we get into all that, though, we do like to start out every show by highlighting a charity, um, and you do get to choose the charity this week. And so this week you chose Be The Match. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell me a little bit about them and why you chose them. Yeah, Be The Match is a group that tries to encourage people to become stem cell uh, donors. It is a way that regular people can be heroes to other people because stem cell donation can save people's lives. And I got involved with it because um, my sister had leukemia and she needed a stem cell match. I'm the oldest of seven kids, and they say that you, in, within a family – you have a one in seven chance of having a match. And we had exactly one person in our family who matched with my sister and she was able to get a stem cell uh, transplant. But for most people, they're not a part of of a large family and they need to get a a donor from somebody who's not in their family. And so the Be The Match group, and you can find them on Twitter at at Be The Match, or you can find them online, Be The Match. This is an organization that's trying to get a large variety of people to be in the donor registry so that they can literally save a person's life because it was so hard when she was trying to you know, get her match with all these other people that she was going through treatment with who couldn't find a match. And so the more people that are in the Be The Match registry, the more likely it is to save people's lives, particularly with people like like my sister who had leukemia and, and blood cancers and things like that, but it can be used for a number of different things. Yeah. It's a very cool. I, I just went and checked it out. It's a very cool thing. I mean, like you mentioned, they're, they're taking it as far as like, Hey, there could be a high school cheerleader over here that could go ahead and start raising money for somebody to help with research. They could, they could be the match for somebody. So it's a very cool organization. They're, they're taking people from all different realms and being like, Hey, just come and help. If you feel like you and- want to help, come and help. And they particularly need young people because those are the best donors and they need people from a variety of ethnic and social backgrounds just to find the matches for people. So it's, it's amazing when they're able to find matches and extend people's lives. I mean, it's really literally a way for everybody to be a hero. Yeah, absolutely. If you go to the Twitter page right now, there's there's a story up there right now of a, a little boy who got a match and now he's getting to jam and have like a normal life, you know. So his mom's on there talking about how important it was and how grateful they are, right? So this is a very cool organization and it usually takes uh, you know, people having it hit close to home to find out about it. So that was kind of why I wanted to get this thing going is so we could talk about these things that don't necessarily have to hit you, but if you know somebody that could do it or you wanna do it and you wanna help out. Here you go. So it's a very cool organization. Like uh, Stephanie mentioned, they're at Be The Match if you're on Twitter, or you can go to like my.bethematch.org and you can find everything over there at the website. And like we always do every week, everything will be in the show notes for you guys to link over there directly. You want to donate, help out, get information, whatever it may be. It'll all be over there. So very cool. Thanks for bringing that up too, Stephanie. I really, uh, I found that doing this, it usually hits real close to home with somebody and they've got a personal story behind it. So I appreciate you telling that side of the story and, you know, letting people know why it hit home for you. If it, if it wasn't for my sister, we wouldn't be talking because she's the person that encouraged me to write in the first place. Excellent. I love it. That's a great story. And you're the oldest of seven. Uh, yes. what's, what's, what's the ratio of boys to girls? Uh, there are four, four girls and three boys. Okay. We're 14 years different. Oh, I like it. All right. But you're, you're the oldest. You get to, yeah. you get to give all of them a hard time. I'm the so. boss. 
I like it. Very cool. Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at k.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. You want to chat about some football? Sure. I Let's love do it. That. I want to touch, uh, just touch base on last week real quick. Cause they, you know, the Texans did lose last week. Um, I went back and looked at the numbers. They played a very good Carolina football team who I think is surprising people right now. Um, they've got a good defense over there, but, uh, when I went back and looked, they were only down a touchdown with like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. So this team is sticking around. You went back and look against Cleveland. They lost by 10 points and then they opened up with a big victory over Jacksonville to start the season. Right. So, I went back and looked at this defense and I'm seeing pass deflections every game. I'm seeing interceptions potentially happening, forced fumbles every game that they're not necessarily getting. But what is there anything I missed from last week? Mills looked like he played a very safe game. Uh, didn't do anything yeah, crazy. Right. Yeah, he didn't do anything crazy. It sounded kind of like that's what Coach Coley was looking for was let's let our defense try to win this football game for us, make some good plays, and we'll be okay. Am, am I way off on that or how are you seeing what took place? I mean, I think you need to look at the larger picture of things. I mean, the the Texans right now are basically being forced to start a rookie. Davis Mills was not their plan. They were supposed to be playing Terod Taylor, but he has a hamstring injury that will at least keep him out a number more games. So you are starting a rookie third round pick, which is not ideal when you're facing a, a number of very good defenses. And the way that this team is composed, because they were in they are in salary cap hell. They've been feuding kind of silently with Deshaun Watson, their quarterback who has his own issues. Right. So how do you put together a team in the meantime? And the answer to that with new GM, Nick Casario is we're going to put together the oldest team in the league, all playing on or mostly playing with very short term contracts. Now, The best way to think of the Houston Texans 2021 is, have you ever played tennis against old guys who are really good? Oh, yeah. They're not out-athleting you, but they are playing well together and trying to play smart. Now, that's a hard thing to do when you're playing people that may be more talented than you. So they are really trying to to focus on, we're going to play all three phases you know, we're not going to turn over the ball. We're going to create turnovers. And Levy Smith, the, the new defensive coordinator for the Texans, has a reputation of having groups of players that can get turnovers. And this is the first situation where he has been solely in the defensive coordinator mode. And so that's, you know, that's what he's focusing on. And so this is a team that plays hard and hopes to get some breaks going their way. It's a hard way to win because, right. you know, having more talent is the easy button. And 
every team in the league plays hard and wants to win on all three phases, but that's the way that they're, they're tackling this year. And, you know, if you have veteran players and you're not being forced to play too many rookies, maybe you can do that. Now, now they're folk that they need to, to play, you know, Davis Mills. And so Last week, they were, you know, they very much had the training wheels on, you know, getting his feet under him. You know, this week is going to be a little different. And, um, you know, some things they were able to handle well, some things they weren't able to handle well. And so, you know, I, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I think they've tried to do some things to put him in good circumstances. But frankly, you know, he doesn't have the most weapons on the offensive side of the ball. He has some good veteran players that maybe their best years are behind them. And they're still trying to figure out, you know, they have some talent at the offensive line, but they're still trying to figure out how to play well together. Yeah, I like that analogy with the tennis. It's similar to golf, right? All the old guys, yeah. they hit it up the middle every time. You know, it's only yes. going to go 200, 200 yards maybe, but it's going to be in the middle of the fairway every single time. Right? The young guns are trying to crush it and hitting it right and left and everything else. So that's a very good analogy. And I, I went back and looked at that roster and I was like, yeah, this is a very old roster. But it, I like that kind of though. It makes sense to just be like, hey, maybe some of these guys will hit. We'll keep them around moving forward, right? If they if they can work out for us. So it, well, and, it's a, and, I, and I think part of the deal is at least looking at what they're trying to do is they have a kind of a window of maybe two years where they're just trying to clean up the roster and get their kind of guys. And they're trying to to get as many draft picks as they can. And it just so happens, you know, if you're a team that's in contention and maybe you have a key injury, maybe you treat the Houston Texans roster as a minor league team and go, okay, let's, let's do a lower round pick for this guy. Right. And, you know, and you can figure that that particular player, you know, knows how to play the game and has had success at some level at some point in time in his career. Right. And I went back and watched a little bit. Brandon Cooks is he's having a phenomenal season so far. I mean, you know, he's the only guy on the field that's going to get the ball thrown to him and he's still catching the ball and he's still beating guys. So Cooks, he, he amazes me a little bit because he's bounced around. He hasn't seemed to find that home. And he seems untouchable right now. It's, it's very cool to see at least something positive go on with Mills. You know, he he has a veteran guy that he can rely on. I mean, typically see those guys go to the tight ends and things like that. You don't necessarily have great tight ends to work with either, right? So you work with what you have. So I'm actually, I went into last week for the Bills, um, very nervous about Washington. Um, we hadn't looked good. Uh, Washington, I think, has a very good defense. Um, they didn't perform well on Sunday or we just performed very well, whatever you want to say. But is there, I listened to coach Cole yesterday and he kind of was uh, just talking about, we're going to open it up a little bit more, right? Where I don't think they're going to go crazy, right? This is a game. I think they'll play safe again to try to keep it close and hope the defense can keep it close. But offensively, is there enough over there to beat the bills right now? Uh, You know, not, not the way that they played last week. I mean, the way that they want to play is they want to get good field position. Um, they didn't have that last week. You know, they want to rely on their running, their running backs, but you know, their running backs, they are not meshing very well with the offensive line right now. And, you know, part of that may just kind of be transitioning between, you know, having Trod Taylor and then now, you know, having a full you know, rookie where, 
you know, teams do not feel like they need to respect the Texans down the field. And as you mentioned, you know, Brandon Cooks is getting lots of targets because he is the only reliable wide receiver. Um, and, you know, the only one where, you know, if you were going, if you were taking the Texans roster and you were going throughout the league and go, okay, which guys for the Texans would definitely start on other teams? He is that player. Now, I'm actually concerned given how many targets that he's getting, just his durability. Right. Because that's a lot of targets for somebody who's had a little bit of a, an injury history. And so, you know, and it's not like he's a particularly you know, big guy. Um, I would see that they may target the tight ends more in the future. They do have some talent at, at the tight yep. end spot. And maybe if they're opening up things and not kind of max protecting, um, maybe you'll see more of that. I mean, I think the biggest concern that the Texans have as far as their offense is concerned is I am not sure that they handle a lot of kind of more complicated rushes well. Mm-hmm. You know, they moved different offensive linemen around during the preseason to try to get their best five on on the field. And, you know, the positive of that is, you know, you obviously have your best five on the field, but the downside of that is, you know, you have – um, players that ne- haven't necessarily played very long together. And that makes it a little bit more difficult when you're dealing with unusual rushes. Right. And I think, uh, I think we'll probably do that this week too. We don't, t- we don't tend to get too crazy with our blitzes a little bit. We try to just do it with the four and I'm, I'm curious to see how we start. If we are going to come right at them or if we are just going to see if the four can get there and let the back end to do what they're very good at and just cover. Right. Um, so yeah. I'm, 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 I'm I, Part of me feels like this game is going to be very tight in the beginning. I don't, I don't know why I'm doing that, but it feels to me like there's just one of those things where it's, we've got Kansas city next week. There's, there's all sorts of reasons to look past the Texans. And as much as you tell yourself in the NFL, you do not do that because these are NFL teams and they can beat you, right? If the ball goes one way, one time, that's all it takes. Um, So I'm, I'm a little nervous. And and you saw, and you saw last week, you know, the Texans had any number of opportunities to get the turnovers. The ball just didn't bounce their way last right. week. It had in some previous weeks. Right. And, you know, they are really emphasizing turnovers and playing hard. And yeah, if, if you don't, if you don't bring it, they have the, the capability to embarrass you because they don't care if the, the way that they're playing football is particularly aesthetic Right. Um, well, and they want you to look foolish. Yeah. You want to come in here and look at treat us like that. Then when you, when we're well, walking and, out with the win. Then- and they have, they have the ability to, you know, pin, pin teams deep. And that's what they really want to do. Um, and, you know, go from there. Yeah. The other cool uh, kind of piece about this game is there's there's quite a few little storylines in the background. We were supposed to have Tyrod come back home and play. You know, we were actually supposed to face two ex-Bills quarterbacks back to back with Fitzpatrick and Tyrod, and that didn't happen. Um, But David Coley was here when the Bills drafted Josh Allen. So he he knows Josh. You know, he's got some insight into Josh. He talked about that a little bit yesterday when I was listening to him. And we've also got Andre Roberts over there. You know, he was our return man for years. And so there, there's a lot of little fun storylines that could mix this game up a little bit. I'm sure Andre wants to take one to the house. And I'm sure our guys would love to just never let him move past the one yard line. So I'm excited to see this game play out. And defensively, like you mentioned, I, the past deflections in that first game, I I was stunned 
how much they did in that first game, actually. I think it was six pass deflections, three interceptions. They had a forced fumble in there. They had like two, three sacks. I mean, that's a that's a great defensive performance, and they seem to be trending with that. He did mention last week they had two forced fumbles. They didn't get them. Um, you know, that's the big takeaway. So this defense, to me, feels like they can be very kind of locked down if you're not prepared to come in and, and be ready for that. And, and I think part of the issues that they have is – Like, for example, one of the better defenders for the Texans has been Justin Reed, but he's gotten hurt. And so I, I, I think that they were missing him in this last week. And, you know, sometimes if you give, you know, not necessarily with him, but with other players, if you give role players a greater role, they might be good in, you know, spot duty, but then when they're asked to do, you know, to play more snaps, it can show some of the the problems that they have. Um, But I think that they are just wanting to kind of rotate guys through, keep them fresh. And that's easier to do when, you know, your team is healthy. It's harder when they're not, but you know, the, the Texans are coming off of a Thursday game. So they have a little bit more time to prepare for this one. And it'll be interesting to see if the the rest uh, helps at all. Well, and Lovey Smith's been around the league for a while too. He's yes. a very good defensive coordinator. I'm sure, I'm sure he has plans for how to take down the Buffalo Bills and he has been thinking about it for a while. So I, the defense to me, I was a little shocked by it when I went back and looked at all the stats, excuse me, the stats. I was like, Oh, they're actually playing really good football. Uh, they're just not getting any support on the offset offensive side of the ball right now to kind of help that out. But, well, and that's, and that's the biggest thing. You know, you cannot have the three and outs because at some point, I don't care how good your defense is. I think they're, they're going to get tired. Right. And so the key is for the, for the Texan side of things is to keep things close, to keep the defense off the field, which I think part of the reason why the Texans run so much even though they are not efficient at running whatsoever is this notion that, okay, let's take some time off the clock, give our defense a a breather, get, you know, get the field position. And then maybe, you know, we take a shot here or there. I mean, Davis Mills looked very good at the end of the half in kind of a two minute drill kind of situation. Um, You know, the, the, I, the question is, you know, if you take the training wheels off more, is he able to do more or is that going to expose him to more um, in, in terms of, of the rush? Because, you know, right. the, the league is not very kind to to young players. But, you know, the thought was, you know, with, with getting him in the first place was if he had stayed another year in in college, maybe he would have been drafted in the first round. And part of his consideration in coming out when he did was you know, with COVID and playing for a California team, you know, there was questions about whether, you know, he was going to be able to practice and play with the uncertainty of COVID. And this way he's in an NFL building, he's learning, and now he's going to be learning a lot faster. Right. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but he's a thrower of the football, right? I mean, he he was very good at throwing the football in college. He slings it all over the place. So it definitely feels tough putting him in a run heavy offense while you're trying to get him to learn how to do it. You know, but I get it. I mean, it gives you the best chance to win is just try to keep it close and hope that he doesn't do anything terribly wrong, which he didn't last week. He was getting he was getting hammered like he held on to the ball as he was getting just hammered. Now he cannot continue to take hits like that. 
Um, I mean, eventually that catches up on you. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the Texans don't really have a great plan B uh, at the quarterback spot. I mean, it's just a very strange time to be a Houston Texans fan with as much as going on and um, just kind of there's a push for the future and per- push for like a fresh start, but it's not really a fresh start with a number of just kind of unknown issues going into the year with Deshaun right. Watson, uh, with question marks about the way that the Texans um, are kind of organized with Jack Easterby, not a football person being in charge of football operations and being very close to the owner. There's questions involving that given what happened last year and, and the articles that were written about that time. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, Coley and they, they stepped into a very tough situation. I mean, initially it looked like it was going to be fine, right? You get Deshaun Watson, the rest of the rosters, you know, not that great, but you've got a phenomenal quarterback and then that's gone. And then Tyrod comes out and he looks great. Like, okay, cool. Tyrod's going to be, he's going to have his best year ever. And then unfortunately he gets hurt again. And you know, here we are again, but I, I actually didn't think that they were going to have that great of a season from the start, you know, once the Watson thing was kind of on the, on the move and they came out and they won that first game. And I was like, well, maybe the Texans are actually going to be like a little better than what you might think. The flip side is they beat the Jags, right? Jags are looking just terrible. Like that they don't have professional coaching. Like I think the biggest issue, like, I, I mean, I understand why people, thought the Texans were going to be terrible because, you know, how, how, you know, they only won four games last year with Deshaun Watson. But I think part of, of last year was absolute chaos. Like you, you fired your head coach week four. Uh, You elevated, you know, you already had a very lean staff for that team. Um, You had a former character coach as your as your GM for most of that season. So just having things a bit more normal for this year and and they brought in a lot of like you know one of the things when you're looking at any kind of rebuild and I think is kind of undersold is looking at your position coaches. And the position coaches when Bill O'Brien was with the Texans not very impressive, I have to say, just generally. I think that they've brought a number of NFL minds into the building. And then the question is, okay, how can you get all of these people that have their own preferences all on one page? And I, I think that's kind of the goal where they've been pushing. I think generally uh, the, the buy-in is going to be really hard until they kind of figure out um, you know, football culture versus not football character. And, you know, sometimes cultural topics can be kind of like a cudgel, you know, mm. where like we only want this kind of guy and we don't want this kind of guy. And it's really hard to kind of navigate that without sounding arrogant or hypocritical or look like you're just rewarding your friends. <laughs> right. I, I I do think this team will be okay. I'm just depending on what happens with the Watson thing. That that's kind of whatever. But I don't know. I, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to end well for him, realistically. But I think with Coley in the building, um, he's come from McDermott, right? He just watched do this in Buffalo, right? He's mm-hmm. watched a rebuild of culture. He's watched a rebuild of how to get the guys that you want. And he can see that it can be done. It just takes some time. And it really helps if you can win because then people actually want to come and play there as well, right? So, I mean, that's the other piece sure. of it. But we're getting pretty close uh, to the half hour here. Is there, what is your final outcome in this game? Do you think it's a, massive blowout by the bills do you think it stays close uh 28 17 28 9 like what, what do you think happens this weekend you know i mean obviously vegas doesn't think it's going to be close yeah um, that number's moved a lot already though that tells you the nfl shouldn't be putting out 17 point spreads that's craziness yeah. but and and so it's it's really hard to play the kind of ball where you're trying to keep it close and then win in the end I'm not sure that they have the capability of doing that. But the flip side is, you know, if you get some timely turnovers and get that on a roll, you know, maybe you could put some pressure on things. I just don't think that the Texans have the talent to, you know, if this becomes like, you know, blow by blow, I don't think right. that they have the talent to keep it together. Now, if they can, if they can figure out ways to move the sticks and keep their defense fresh for all four quarters. Cause like they've, they've had some really good halves of ball, but then, you know, by the end of the game, they don't look like they have much left and, you know, they don't have like individual playmakers that, that can, you know, open things up for you. Right. But, you know, Davis Mills, you know, you, you never know with, with a young quarterback. Um, what they're doing. I, I think to some degree what they may be trying to do is a bit like how the Patriots did their original build where, you know, <laughs> they got a lower round quarterback and, you know, they focused on their defense and, you know, hoped that they could develop that quarterback over time. Now, of course that was Tom Brady and, you know, right. you don't want to put Tom Brady on anybody. <laughs> right. He's, He's a subset of one, yep. but I mean, that is, that is an idea of how you can, how you can rebuild when you're basically starting from the bottom. Yeah. I, I, I could see it going either way. They keep it close and it, it ends up being a little bit of battle that we take at the end. Or, I mean, I, I have a feeling that Josh has a little bit of that playoff loss ready for this game and it could be bad news if he comes out slinging it like he did last week. But like I mentioned at the top, I'm not going to be surprised if this looks a little ugly in the beginning because Coley did mention yesterday too, that they're going to bring, they've got a little couple little scheme things that they're going to try to work in this week that they haven't shown yet. So um, that, that does kind of trip uh, Josh up a little bit here and there sometimes. So it'll be interesting to see how that does play out, but real quick, all right, is the NFL? Cause right now we've got the Raiders. Yeah. The Broncos are leading the AFC. Uh, is the NFL going to stay this way in your eyes or is the, is what we believe the cream of the crop is, is going to start to level itself back out and the, the chiefs aren't going to continue to slide. The Browns will continue to win. Baltimore will get back on track or is the AFC really going to be different this year? You know, I, the NFL is the best reality programming in the world. And, you know, we really are getting kind of the transition between the old guard quarterbacks who pretty much dominated the Super Bowl to, you know, like, you know, like the Patrick Mahomes of the world who are showing what they can do. And so we're kind of 
to some degree in some sort of transition. I think, you know, this is a very unique year in that, you know, 17 game season and you have COVID uncertainty, like at any moment, a particular team could lose, you know, (laughs) their quarterback. Yeah. All their quarterbacks. Yep. (laughs) So, and, and, you know, you, you know, you can play daily fantasy or whatever. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) you know, everything changes for a particular team. So I think this year is a year where trying to be smarter and like how, for example, you use your practice squads as kind of an an ancillary roster um, and, and use that over time and being smart about all of those different things. I mean, I, I think that things are as open as they ever have, but I mean, there's, there's going to be just some teams that just can't compete. And then there's the rest. And that's, that's every year in the NFL. Right. You know, you know, the summer is this season of hope, but even in the season of hope, there's some teams that are like, yeah, we have it. And then there's some teams like, this is another irrelevant year. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, for the Texans, it's seems like a pretty irrelevant year where maybe there's a couple things that you can learn about the team. But in the meantime, it's just kind of like, you know, when the GM treats the roster as churn, no, at some point you're, you're rooting for laundry. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Stephanie, uh, thanks so much for coming on and hanging out with me. Uh, I know you're a busy lady. You got a ton of stuff going on between writing and everything else that you do. So I really appreciate it. As we're closing out, is there anything you got you're working on? Anything that's coming up that you want to shout out? You know, not in particular. Like, as I said in my last piece, I'm at the point now where I'm more watching and listening than saying this is the definitive way that things are being like, you know, I've obviously given you opinions based on your questions. Right. Right. But there really is a lot of uncertainty with this team. Um, You know, like it's, it's really hard to go. I'm going to talk about this in depth and that guy's probably not going to be on the team next week or the week next, you know? Right. And I think we're, where I'm at with a lot of things is what's in my pinned tweet. You know, my Twitter handle is at Steph Stradley. And in my pinned tweet, I just talk about how people deal with dysfunctional situations. You know, that there's this, there's this push for positivity and there's this push for faith, but really trust is something that is earned and is earned over time. And there are aspects of the Houston Texans right now that I like, and then there's aspects of it that I don't care for. But at this point, I don't want to be too judgmental about these things because I want things to play out. And I know that a lot of these things, you know, are happening over time. Like in, in my link, in my bio, um, I have I have a website called Steph Stradley. My pin tweet in that is just walking through the Deshaun Watson situation. And with that, I'm saying, hey, let's let's not assume things currently. Like I went into this offseason trying to figure out what was happening with Watson, what was happening with the Texans. And really I came out of the offseason with more questions than I had answers. And I think at this point, for a lot of fans and just, you know, NFL observers, it's just more kind of watching and seeing 
what they do and whether they engender trust. And, and just right now, there's just a lot of mutual distrust between people and, and the feeling that I want things to be better for everything, you know, better. Like I mentioned this particular painting that I have behind, behind my head. It's like, that is the feeling that is very Houston, Texas. We're not there yet. Not sure when we're going to get there. Gotcha. But it's a very open, like there's so, so many people are doing things and feeling things, not just in football, based on their experiences and they feel very strongly about things due to their experiences. But right now there's not that shared experience where, you know, people try to find understanding. So at this point, I don't really want to be too judgmental about stuff. I'm just watching and learning and, and hoping that they come to a conclusion that engenders trust between people. But I I think it's going to be ugly before it's better. Yeah. I mean, this was a team that was in the playoffs for consecutive years, just a few years ago, right? It's not that far gone from them being very successful down there. You know, I mean, they weren't getting the playoff wins necessarily, but they were there. And to me, that's, I say it every year. I'm like, I, I don't need to be the AFC number one seed necessarily. I want to be the AFC ace champion because then you get a chance to be the king, right? You're, you don't get to be the king if you can't even get in the playoffs. So yeah. And, they, and, and where the Texans have turned out is, you know, they gave up a bunch of first round picks and um, all of the the best players of the Houston Texans in the past have come out not endorsing their direction. So there's that disconnect. And, you know, that's not that's not a comfortable feeling. There's a disconnect with parts of, of the fan base and that's not a, a comfortable feeling. And yet the Texans pretend like this is all normal and what's going on is all normal and everything's great and you should feel great about it. And, you know, it's not great for everybody. <laughs> right. It's not the people paying to be there to watch yeah. it, the, the, yeah. everything. It's, it's just you. It's supposed to be putting the best product on the field that you can right? to for your fan base to be excited, for them to want to show up for you and be there. And it takes mutual effort, I think, and, and from the, the team to do that. that. And to fully to fully trust like it t- fan bases can deal with rebuilds. They can deal with rebuilds, but they want to trust the direction. And I don't think that the team has done a lot of things to engender trust. Gotcha. They say trust us, have faith in what we're doing. And it's like, believe in what we're doing. Okay. Well then, you know, that's, give re- trust us. Yeah. Trust us. But everybody that you love, we're going to let go. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you love JJ Watt? Oh yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and let him go then because that's not what we're trying well, to do here. Yeah. You know, you can, you can come up with reasons for different things, right? Absolutely. Money, but, years, injuries, everything, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's reasons you can do for things, but you know, the main person that was at the center of some of the worst stuff that, that has happened for the Texans last year, which is Jack Easterby, they've basically said, we like and trust him and you should too, without giving any reasons why and not answering any of the difficult questions in those articles. And I think, as I mentioned in my pin tweet, there's a lot of 
I believe that the Texans have a lot of good intentions with things. I just don't think that they have any full understanding of the depth of distrust that there is, not just with fans, but like with people outside the building going, what are the Texans doing with this? Why is, why is the most influential person for the Houston Texans and in the ear of the owner, why is that a character coach who's not really a football guy? Right. That's tough. I at mean, least they're at least yeah. they're back to where they have a GM and they've separated that role. Because I don't like when teams give all the the coach gets to be the GM. I'm I'm yeah, not a massive no. fan of that. You but know, that's to ridiculous. me. Yeah, it that's setting ridiculous. up for failure. No, no, like what they've done over the last couple of years was completely ridiculous. And how they handled the transition to the new GM was an absolute surprise. The way that that was handled, like they go, here's here's our list of people that we're looking for for GM, and now we're going to get this other guy. And the way that that was communicated was not trustworthy. It was disrespectful to the fan base. It raised questions to outsiders from the building, and that is trust. Like they they shouldn't be surprised that people aren't buying in fully in what they're doing when people that they do trust go, this is kind of strange. Right. Uh, You know, and I mean, that's a whole separate issue than a football issue, but unless those things are fixed, you end up having a situation where you have to overpay for players because people don't trust your situation or some players are just going to be deterred from it. Right. And you never turn it around. I mean, point in case Detroit lions, I mean, they've, they've struggled even with, great wide receiver for a long time, great quarterback. It's still hard if you don't have it all put together to be successful in the NFL. I mean, it's, it's proven year in and year out. Great coaches fall, great GMs get fired. I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy sport, but Stephanie, thanks so much. I mean, it's, I think that most people would probably say that they don't typically want to have to talk to a lawyer, um, but (laughs) this was a great conversation with a lawyer anyways. And it was a lot of fun and there was no pressure because I didn't do anything wrong. So Lawyer. I'm more like the helpful lawyer. I want I want people's lives to be good. That's right. that's that's the that's exactly in your it's right there in your bio on Twitter actually yes. that, that that exact stuff right there. So <laughs> very cool. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I hope you get to enjoy the game this weekend at least with friends and family and stuff. And uh, I, I'm not hoping for a good outcome for you obviously, <laughs> but I, I do hope you get to enjoy yourself and enjoy the game. Um, I am hoping the Bills come out and we can get ourselves to three and one for this first quarter. I'm I'm still stuck on the quarter thing with that extra game. I'm having a really hard time. I'm still like, no, it's quarters. We got to win the quarters. We got to win the quarters, right? Quarter, um, but, quarter, and extra and an extra right just in case the one just in case you need at the end but thanks everybody for listening in we obviously wouldn't have a show without you guys so i really appreciate you guys being here and everything that we talked about today you know be mat uh, excuse me be the match.org all that'll be in the show notes uh, at steph stradley if you want to follow her on twitter all that stuff will be in the notes and everything you guys that uh, we've talked about today you'll be able to find somewhere in those show notes. So thanks everybody for listening in. Love you guys. Be safe out there. Continue to mask up. It's nice to have full stadiums. Um, so let's continue down that road and everything that I'm up to, you can find over at the Buffalo Steph, thank you very much. And go Bills. You just listen to the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Make sure you leave a review and subscribe. So you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time. Leg out.
know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.